This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. This is the American Toffee Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson and James Boyman. Greetings and Happy New Year to all you blues out there. Welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James here with Alex. What's up? Happy New Year. Feeling both feeling a little exhausted after the festivities of last night and perhaps even more exhausted having just watched what was frankly a kind of difficult match uh, to digest versus Manchester City as Everton fall 2-1 on the end of two Gabriel Jesus goals. And I guess this one's kind of a flyer for Ancelotti, but it just, it wasn't pleasing on the eye. Our football was very just disjointed, couldn't string passes together. Um, and I don't know, it was, it was, it was a tough way to, to start the year, but Alex, what are your initial, uh, reactions? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say that I, I came into the match at the Etihad with all the injuries that we have, thinking that we should be like a nailed on winner or even thinking that the odds were largely in our favor. However, it's not. You know, it's not too hard to get your hopes up after winning two and two, having Carlo Ancelotti on the touchline, right, with the team feeling kind of invigorated lately. But I think uh, I think we really would have looked a little bit different if we were able to go with the initial starting lineup, which saw Bernard on the left hand side. But I guess Bernard got injured during warmups. And in my opinion, this was a bizarre decision. Um, Ancelotti decided to slot Tom Davies in on the left hand side instead of you know, maybe playing Richarlison out there or, you know, he had Theo Walcott on the bench. He had Moise Keane on the bench. And I think that really kind of stifled us from the beginning. I didn't necessarily like that. But the, the positive takeaway, although it didn't really amount to anything, is that Anthony Gordon was then uh, brought into the 18 when that happened. Certainly would have changed the game, I think, quite a bit had Bernard been able to play. Hopefully it's not any kind of serious injury that keeps him out long term. I uh, wasn't able to get the full details, but clearly picked it up during the warm-up, which I just don't really understand how that happens to begin with, but very unlucky for him having kind of just worked his way back from another injury. Um, and yeah, to put Tom Davies on that side put us at an immediate disadvantage, and you could tell how much it shaped our strategy and tactics throughout the match just based on the distribution of our attacks. 50% ended up coming down the right-hand side. So with Davis in there, no disrespect to him, but he doesn't have the pace to match up with players on the outside and you could see he got kind of given the runaround by that city uh, right-hand side. And so it was, uh, it was tough and we, they really took the game to us. I mean, it was honestly for the first probably 25 minutes, I mean, city does what they do. They controlled possession for the most part. Anytime we were able to get the ball, it was very, very cautious. And I guess you could say patient in some ways, but very little going forward through the midfield even through the middle, whether it be through the middle of the midfield or on the flanks, there was just nothing connecting or able to bring Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin into the game until we started to kind of do away with the short, playing it short constantly and started going long a bit more and let Dom get on the end of some balls. But frustrating day. It seemed like we couldn't even string three passes together. And I can't pick out one midfielder that had a good game. Yeah, not even close. I mean, I think I was sitting there wondering to myself, probably towards the end of the first half, even if Richarlison completed one pass. I mean, every single one of the players out on the pitch today 
just looked like they were incapable of A, making good decisions, and B, completing simple, short, five-yard passes to their teammate. And as we know, City are always going to play with possession, always, always, always. And so when you have possession, you have to take advantage of it. And we just did not do that. We never did it, actually. We did start to kind of um, grow into the match a tiny bit, but it just never really looked like we believed as a team that we could, to be honest, which is a stark contrast to, you know, the the picture framed on the wall of our 4-0 victory in 2016, topped off by uh, Tom Davies chipping the keeper and Adam O'Lookman, right, scoring his first goal on his first touch, I want to say. But nonetheless, I think the match kind of changed when Jesus scored, or sorry, Phil Foden scored the goal on the far post, which... I think was about 19, 20 minutes into the match. And yet for once in our entire lives, in our entire fandom, it was called offside for VAR due to Riyad Mahrez, which happened quite a bit to him throughout the match. How do you think that kind of shaped our performance or maybe our mindset? Do you think that, you know, even though it was called offside, do you think that maybe we took a little bit of a negative mentality into the rest of the match just because of the fact that immediately they're all sitting their thing on the pitch? Well, we're 20 minutes into the match. We're down one nil at the Etihad. Well, I thought that it, I think it should have probably gotten some kind of reaction from the players because we were very fortunate to have that called off. Um, VAR, it was it's so funny, the, the stark juxtaposition of like VAR because we get the payoff where it benefits us on that first goal on the Foden goal. And then a couple minutes later, uh, it does eventually, uh, benefit us again. But that weird review where there was a, the flag went up on, on Mares going in and then there was potentially a foul in the box and then maybe he was off, you know, was it a handball? That one was really bizarre and that one took a long time. And for those to go back to back, I think that changed the atmosphere in the stadium. You could tell both sets of fans were singing the FVAR song and all that stuff. But no, I mean, City, we were pretty organized defensively in the first half, but City were finding their way through with some really nice build up play and they create really good chances. And, you know, we, we know all the qualities that they possess as a side, but I thought that I didn't, I didn't get the feeling that like that gave us the kick up the backside that maybe we needed to kind of start to take more possession and be more productive with the ball. It just seemed like we were content. I think we would have, I mean, I would have been content with a point. I think it, the team today looked on the pitch, like they were content to try to go for a point and we never really got much going forward. There was that nice little chance where Coleman created or Sigurdsson rather played the ball over the top where Coleman made that nice uh, little looping shot that was saved by Claudio Bravo. But other than that, the first half, like we offered very, very little going forward. And it was very frustrating to watch because, again, like we were we string a few passes together, move the ball back and forth, play the ball into midfield. And then there's just no options for that midfielder to turn with the ball and look to get forward. So really frustrating like to your question yeah i just think that we i I felt like we were very fortunate to go into half level um and again it was only a matter of time before city were going to score that's just kind of the overwhelming feeling that i took away from the early stages of the match yeah that's absolutely fair but we get to halftime right and i felt that you know we could make a couple tactical tweaks right it just takes maybe a couple of pieces of instruction to a handful of players and next thing you know, they might be floating into different spaces. Maybe you're putting the onus on, you know, the emphasis on playing centrally, because I think this felt like a Marco Silva match in which all we did was try to knock the ball down the touchline when we really didn't have any pacey players because Sidibe nor Davies 
are that pacey at all. I mean, Sidibe is really not. I mean, he's decent, but he's not pacey like a winger. And so he couldn't move the ball down the touchline on either end of the pitch or on either side of the pitch. You know, Richarlison couldn't make a simple pass. And so I, I, I really was feeling pretty hopeful at halftime. I thought that maybe he could make the, the, the slight tweaks, but we came out and we looked pretty much the exact same after coming out of halftime. Now, I will say, you know, there's a there's a big um, it's it, it makes you much, much more tired on the pitch when you're defending so much more than you are in possession like we were. And not only is it physically draining, but it's also mentally draining because think about it. You know, you're going to get frustrated chasing the ball for 60 minutes straight. It only takes one lapse of concentration, which you're most likely more you're you're more likely to make a lapse in concentration that leads to a goal than you would be if if maybe you feel as though your team is more into the match. You have a little bit more possession. You're creating some chances. And so I think it's just kind of dogging us minute after minute after minute as we're sitting the Etihad. And I, I just I felt that we we really couldn't work ourselves into the match until we started to make some substitutions. Yeah. And worth mentioning, like the substitutions, the substitutions came a bit late. I think that that's pretty much unanimous. I mean, you go one nil down and you, you know that it hasn't been working up until that point. So the, the thought would be to, to, to make a change and try to shift up the game a little bit. Unfortunately, Ancelotti wasn't able to pull the trigger soon enough uh, to change the game. And by the time the, the game was two nil, it was, I, they're just really, Again, this is a threadbare squad still, and this is probably, in my opinion, f- still far and away the second best team in the division in Manchester City. Um, I don't care what the table says. As a side, they are just incredible. And this was like, th- what's crazy is we basically played like their B team, and they still have unbelievable depth, uh, in every, almost every position. Like you had Fernandinho dropping back, um, to play center back, and he like won the second or tied for the most aerials won with Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Phil Foden, unbelievable player. Riyad Mahrez is in a really nice run of form. Gabriel, I mean, right. They, right. They're B team. So still a really quality side. And they were finding a lot of space on the left-hand flank and having a lot of success with Mendy finding space against Jabril Sidibe, who for all, I mean, he won five tackles today. So, you know, overall, okay performance, but for him positionally, it continues to be an issue where, it's clear Ancelotti wants to get him more involved going forward, but he also needs to have that defensive responsibility. And he was caught out quite a few times today, and it left us very exposed. Uh, and Mendy was able to play some really nice balls in. But again, Gabriel Jesus, two really nice finishes. He loves scoring against Everton. This is like, I don't even know how many goals he scored, probably like seven or eight now, something like that versus us. It just seems to be the way things go. Um, but as far as like the big picture, I'm not getting carried away with any knee jerk reactions as far as what this means long term. This was always going to be a bit of a flyer game for Ancelotti. He came in and got us that little bump we needed to get to a relatively safe position in the table. And now this was just one that you kind of chalk up. I mean, we lost 3 1 to them earlier this season at Goodison. So to go in with the squad that we had and to come away with a 2 1, frankly, we didn't even really deserve our goal. It was obviously just a, a mistake made by Bravo that led to us taking advantage. But once we scored, I thought that, you know, we maybe had a chance to get level and, and snatch some points at the very last couple minutes. It did feel like that. I mean, it, you know, yes, it was a mistake, but, you know, Richarlison still had to work hard. He still had to be pressing the way he's supposed to be pressing in order to win that ball back, right? Um, I thought Moise Keane did pretty well in that buildup, although, you know, his pass to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you could, you could argue he did he held the ball 
held on to the ball too long and his pass for Calvert Luna wasn't great, but you have all these players in the right places at the right times. I mean, literally how many times have we seen over the last year that we didn't have any forwards running near or far post? Like, honestly, how many times, right? You know, we've seen countless matches in which it's just dominant Calvert-Lewin standing in the middle of the box between two or three center backs and just hoping he can get on the end of of a, of a, a late cross swinging in. So, you know, I think it was positive. Do, did we deserve it? Maybe, maybe not. But, I mean, the scoreline was, was, I would say, pretty generous to us. I thought Pickford had a pretty good match. Um, I couldn't really fault him in general. But, you know, I, I do think I, I want to highlight Moyes Keane a little bit because, you know, he's been a big talk of the town recently, uh, specifically because, well, we were all excited for him to come in. You know, huge coup for Everton, as everyone has been saying. Apparently, we didn't break the transfer market on this one, James. And yet, he hadn't really gotten any minutes thus far, but we weren't scoring goals. Then he comes in under Duncan Ferguson, gets subbed out after like 18 minutes when he subbed on. And now he's starting to amass some substitute appearances under Carlo Ancelotti. And honestly, I think this was his most positive appearance thus far. I say that because I saw him really working really hard defensively, which is good because we've seen he'll make a substitute appearance for 15 minutes and look kind of gassed. So to see him kind of working hard, he won a header or two in, in, in the center of the pitch to try to, uh, you know, re, uh, regain possession. I thought, you know, he worked pretty hard and, and I liked his composure. Although, you know, again, he, you could argue he may have held on the, to the ball too long in the box. Um, you know, and, and I do want to say, like, my overarching opinion of the match is that I did actually really like the initial lineup by Ancelotti. I thought it, the tactics made sense. Um, you know, I was surprised, right? Like a three at the back and you don't see Michael Keane, your third center back playing. But when you think about it logically, City always essentially attack on the ground, right? They have mm. They have smaller, really pacey players. And we did see Seamus Coleman put in a really good shift at that um, spot, I want to say, against Burnley, correct? So it made sense for me that Seamus Coleman did get the start in that role, and I thought he did pretty well again. I mean, he is pretty decent aerially, and so if he's not playing against some big target forward, then I think he's straight. And it made sense. I just didn't like the Davies starting. I thought, you know, he could have shifted maybe some and given us a little bit more pace. I like the substitutions. I thought that they did affect the game. As you said, I mean, we really did start to bring, you know, we started to bring ourselves into the match more as we started subbing players on. But, you know, it was a little bit too late. Nonetheless, you can't fault him. He's had about eight days to work with the players since coming in. One of those days was Christmas. So, you know, not too much you can do about it. I would have loved three points, but it's been a good run of form that the team's been in since Silva has left, and I think all Evertonian, Evertonians should be pretty positive about moving forward. Yeah, I think you hit on a really good uh, point with with both Keane and Coleman. I thought Seamus Coleman, especially in the first half, looked like the only player who was really up for the match. He looked very composed on the ball, and, and to your point about Michael Keane, I just think that with the way that Ancelotti wants to play with this like shifting formations where we're in a 4-4-2 on defense and then a 3-5-2 uh, on offense, I just think Seamus Coleman lends himself more to the ball playing type of uh, quality that you need in that role rather than Michael Keane. And, and again, like you said, with with City being more inclined to attack on the ground, Michael Keane, we know his, uh, let's say his turning radius isn't the best, um, where Seamus Coleman has shown, I mean, you know, he's 31 now, I believe. And so for him to continue to show the 
the know-how or the the nous to be in the right positions to take on these players who are very pacey and still come out on top. Um, again, just just a a better option for that outside role or even like a kind of a a ball playing center back role than Michael Keane is. Uh, you feel for him, but again, this is. It's crazy that, and I, when you said the eight days thing about Ancelotti, it like blew my mind because it feels like it's been a month with all the games that have been going on. But it's true. It's still very, very early days. We've got four midfielders who are still going to be returning from injury. And in who knows what the transfer market will bring for us this month. Uh, Pop, Papa Marcel will be on the phones very often throughout the month, I'm sure. And hopefully we can do some business early and fortify the areas that need to be fortified, maybe make a couple loan moves as you brought up on Twitter yesterday and not get too crazy with the funds. And then again, the, the only place this team's going is upwards. Um, knock on wood, of course, but I just feel like as we continue to have more time, Ancelotti to implement his ideas and get the players a bit more familiar with what he expects as far as passing movement and uh, positioning and, and all of those things. And then as we add more players and depth, to the squad as players come back from injury. I think it's just going to be put us in a really good position moving forward. And on top of all that, we have a very favorable run of fixtures coming up, uh, barring the, of course, Merseyside Derby coming up in the FA Cup against Liverpool on Sunday. Well, and you know what? That, that's that's another point I want to make, right? In terms of positivity and how we should be feeling about the team. Uh, look at the two teams that we beat over the last week or so, under Ancelotti in Burnley and Newcastle, right? Both teams that we always feel we should be beating. However, we have, you know, squandered many, many results over the last couple of years, even against teams that we always felt we should be beating. Yet now we're beating teams that we feel that we are head and shoulders above in quality, even with our very depleted squad. I mean, yes, we edged it against Man City. Um, well, well, they edged it in terms of scoreline, obviously not quite in result or, or performance, but. I think all these things are positives. And then, as you said, we have a pretty favorable run of fixtures in which we can keep our good form going. Ideally, you know, in the January transfer market, right, obviously some loan players. But look, last time we heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, JPG should be coming back sometime this month if he's still on schedule after his uh, latest relapse in health issue when he first started training again a couple months ago, right? Yeah, JPG will be a massive addition. I mean, we, of course, also have... Morgan Schneiderlin returning, Alex Awobi will be back soon. Um, there's a lot of fortification that will come but with players coming back that will help us tremendously. Uh, Sunday's going to be a huge, huge match. Again, I'm not really expecting much from it just because I'm not remotely going to let myself get my hopes up for an Anfield derby because that those just tend to not go very well for us. But I'm hoping to show some, the team show some fight and spirit. I think today, more than anything else, the team looked very tired. There wasn't a lot of urgency with our pressing. Um, the movement off the ball was good at times. I think even towards the end of the match, like Richarlison kind of came to life, but for large stretches, I felt like we were kind of lethargic and slow. Um, hopefully we can get rested up and get ready for that match because it'll be a big one. But after that, again, the fixtures start to look a lot better. And I, I just really am optimistic for the next few months and, and really looking forward to the transfer market. We've already had a few rumors floated out there. Uh, some top quality players, of course, the uh, the validity of those rumors is severely questionable. But I, I feel very good about this. This is this is a loss that was kind of expected, and I, there's really I think the overall mood won't be don't, won't be brought down too too much by this. I think it's a largely 
positive attitude for most of the fans after today's game. Yeah, and and, and for everyone listening, we're not doing a a full official pre-match episode to the Liverpool Cup match on the weekend, only because we are still in that crazy run of winter fixtures, and uh, I don't know that we have the capacity to record every two days. However, in terms of the match at Anfield in the FA Cup, right, we know that we haven't won a trophy in X amount of years. We know that we were putting a lot of emphasis on the Carabao Cup. Unfortunately, we crashed out on penalties. The FA Cup is the next cup on the list. It's the only opportunity for a trophy this season. And I'd also like to point out that if you go to Anfield and you beat Liverpool in the FA Cup, that has to make you feel extremely confident moving forward in that competition, right? A lot of times, you know, you'll play, you know, some cupcake teams for the first couple rounds, and then you start finding a lot of the tougher Premier League sides, you know, getting into the quarters and the semis. But in this case, we're starting hot and fast. And it's an op- uh, it's an opportunity to a as you said show some fight show some spirit you know understand what the derby's about for a lot of these newer players and then it's also an opportunity to build some confidence a for the league but b specifically for the FA Cup competition. Alex, the way that you're talking, it makes me think that you're feeling like we might be able to get a result. Is that true? Because I do not expect a result. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's I've been burned too many times to really feel like we have an opportunity to to win this match. It's going to be, I mean, Carlo will be an instant legend if he can get a win at Anfield because I believe, what, we haven't won there since 1999? Uh, I can't quote the year. However, you know what, James, this tells me that you haven't been listening to our new manager very much because he said on one of his first days in charge last week, nothing is impossible in football. This is true, Alex. This is true. I'm not saying it's impossible that we win. I'm saying that if we win, I'll probably like streak down my street screaming my head off because I, I just can't, I can't make myself get my hopes up for it, especially after the thrashing that they put on us at Anfield last month. So, or is that earlier this month? It's been just crazy with all the fixtures. feels like it's been a year and it's been like three weeks, but I just really hope that we can redeem ourselves after the last derby because it was just humiliating and embarrassing to watch. So I'm just really hoping again for a solid performance. Hopefully the team shows fight spirit and we can at least keep it close, keep it respectable. And, you know, if we're in it in the 70th minute, who the hell knows, man? We can just go for it. That's the spirit. And you know what? You could even streak if we're losing just to give the people what they want. <laughs> I don't think just anyone's thought, ever James, wanted I mean, that. I'm not sure, man. Ever. I'm not sure. Your mom thinks you're right, answering, right. I'm pretty sure. I don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think this. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, up the toffee. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Come join our Discord community at invite.gg/atp and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at USA Toffee Pod.